Go for it, Wind. All right, let's talk about some manscaping, guys. Manscaping. Manscaped offers let's talk about precision it. Engineered, <laughs> engineered tools for your family jewels. Can I interrupt you right away and just say, did you see CJ McCollum today on his live? Because <laughs> he did. has a beard going, a little bit of a beard, and he said something like, I look like Jamal Murray. <laughs> I, or something like, I look like that video of Jamal Murray. Anyway. Yeah, I think somebody in the chat. Yeah, well. somebody in the chat on the official NBA account. Uh, also. <laughs> <laughs> Not, and, then, and then watching uh, Dave just like want to melt away and die after he said it, he was like, oh man. Yeah, that just made it even Incredible better, the official stuff. NBA count. Totally. Uh, but anyways, guys, you can get Manscaped for 20% off using code DNVR20 and free shipping at manscaped.com. The perfect package 3.0 kit comes with the new and improved lawnmower 3.0 and a ton of other liquid formulations to round out your manscaping routine. I got to speak authentically on the lawnmower 3.0. I want to speak from the heart for a moment. Spectacular tool. Like a blip on the radar (laughs) in like the timeline of human technological advancement. There's an LED light so you can see in all the little, you know, hard to see places. You can't cut yourself. Yeah, just in case you're uh, manscaping in the dark for some reason. Yeah, or yeah. or if it gets a little dark and harder to see places, Harrison. Yeah, I, I don't feel like I, I want to explore all of my nooks and or crannies, but all the same, like... <laughs> Look, you have that option now. That's all I'm saying. You do. I know that. Yeah, that's the, the point. Is like you want to be over-prepared, not under And the Razor Guard is awesome. I, I tried my hardest to cut myself with it, and I couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> was, that, was that a cry for help? No, no. I was really... It was for the <laughs> unboxing video. It. He's just yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Can you speak on the uh, spray-on bald toner as well <laughs> well unfortunately i don't really have anywhere to go these days so it's just me toning my balls for myself for yeah, that's, that's yeah. Like no toner i'm not doing anything fancy i mean i don't care how yeah. it smells on my couch man <laughs> Welcome in, everybody, to the DNBR Nuggets podcast. I'm your host, Adam Marez. I'm joined by, seated to my bottom left, Harrison Wynn. I did not manscape today. I'll admit it. I did not. I'll admit it. I don't think it's a part of your daily routine. <laughs> it shouldn't be. A, is it? Maybe I'm doing it wrong. I, I don't know. I feel like I don't know. I don't know. Seated in my bottom right, it's Brendan Boat. I did manscape today. Not that long ago, actually. There you go. Well, that's information we didn't need. Yep. And then to my top left, it's D-Line Co. Eric Guinam. Hey, guys! <laughs> I knew this. I knew it was coming. I was ready. There's that energy we were looking for. I think actually maybe too much energy. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> Today's episode of the show is pre- presented by Illegal <laughs> Home of the Stir, um, and of all, obviously of some of Denver's best fast casual dining. Um, guys, today we watched game three of the Hornets Nuggets series from 2009. The worst game, I'm going to go out and call it the worst game of the entire series from Denver's perspective. Although it was a little bit of an entertaining one. Like it was there actually was some, a good there game. Some moments. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was a, a good game. I don't know the if Nuggets I... scored half of their points in the first like three minutes of this game, though, unfortunately. Yeah, I don't know if I would say it was a well-played game, but it was competitive all the way through. 
Yeah, and like you had a, I mean, you you have with 17 seconds left, the Nuggets have the ball in their hands, the ability yeah. to win the game. I mean, that's in the playoffs. That's like that's a that's high drama. And it that's wasn't their last chance yeah. either. So we're, we're yeah, they even got a half court heave on it. We're gonna we'll yeah. we'll get to the game winner that that wasn't uh, a little bit later on, but um, later in the show. So we're gonna spend the first two segments of today's show talking about this game. In segment three, we're actually gonna try to build now. We try to do like a. A different theme or a different like sort of game every episode we're doing these and for this one we're going to try to figure out if we combine the two teams who would start who would come off the bench who would not play and i think it's gonna be fun i think we could build a pretty super nuggets team if we combine these two um i think we could be a, a title contender a true title contender out of two of the best nuggets teams ever <laughs> if we combine them um all right well let's start off with this one notes everybody pull up your notes my first note and it has to be the first talking point the Nuggets wore their infamous 2009 Navy. I've got questions. With the, <laughs> well, this is what's so funny. So I guess I'm going to give the take right away. I loved these jerseys when they were out. I thought they were awesome. Watching them today, I'm kind of like, oh, I don't know. I Brendan, I hate them. This is I hate yeah, them. you didn't you didn't you don't have any nostalgia around this uniform. So you just just hate I don't them. have to lie to myself about the way they look. Uh, I could just, <laughs> it's very 2009. So if I'm being honest, like if I try to place yeah. myself back, I'm sure it worked. Um, yeah. but like at least the powder blue, whether you liked it or not, it was just like this distinctly nuggets thing. Um, and, and this blue is just like this, uh, weird kind of, it was just tough to look at. I don't know. Didn't have any history. To me. <laughs> well, definitely didn't have any history. That's, that's definitely a part of it. Harrison, do you remember when these debuted? Or at least the, the time frame, you know. That yeah, I, I do, but it almost seems like they almost never wore these jerseys. Hmm, like they only really? brought them out on a couple different occasions, at least from my memory. Um, I, of course, was a fan of the powder blue and whites. I was a little bit of a fan of these back, you know, in 2009, but I'm with you. I hate them right now. <laughs> can't stand them right it's just now. just really on that. Uh, Hornets court too. That was a very aesthetically unpleasing, displeasing. There, there were some clashes because the Hornets have the like teal and the Nuggets have the baby blue, but then the the navy. It just all came together Ugh. in a very disgusting way. Um, all right, well, let's talk to the expert. We've we've given our amateur take. Who? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's go to the pro. I didn't want right, you to give your pro take because then we'd all feel like idiots falling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so all right, well, Harrison, let's hear it. Oh, oh, me, me, me. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. That's a joke. Uh, So these, um, these, these jerseys are unfortunate. Uh, but see, I was I was right again. But the reason that the reason that they're unfortunate is because they are using that they're forced to play inside of a sandbox where there's not many options. Like this color scheme is just brutal. Like they're doing oh. what they can to sort of just give an alternate look. Um, but this is like that dark, dark, dark Navy color is like in the world of the nuggets powder blue. It's like the, the, the tertiary color. It's like the one that's used the least of all. And in this case, it's pushed up to the front to be the most dominant color. Oh yeah. Um, the script on the front is uh, the, probably the most troubling part to me. It looks very clip arty to me. It looks like a, yeah. a free font that you would get with your computer. Like um, there's no nuance to it. Like if you look at uh like if people don't know what they're doing with script fonts and they type them out, you get a lot of like weird connection areas where if you were writing script and like if you look at the U uh, of Nuggets, it, it wow. would go directly into the G. But because they didn't do it correctly, it, it has like that little point 
down at the bottom so it doesn't connect well the top oh. of the g like it's just an it's an ill-conceived font it, what they're trying to do is go for um sort of a, a nostalgic look like that's always what script fonts go uh, like represent in the world of sport what, but, what era is it a throwback to 50s? It, th- well that's just it it's like not it, it, it this would be yeah like um script fonts were really big you know, in fifties, forties, like when people were actually handwriting fonts. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's like things. calligraphy almost. Exactly. Oh, so it's, but, yeah, synthetic, organic kind of deal. So it's it's very synthetic feeling, yeah. and so it misses the mark. It like it it's kind of cool. I saw people were kind of liking it, uh, but the like the the true. Um, just how you know that these were not successful is that you never see these around. Right. Like, the, the, these, did, <laughs> these did not remain at all. Right. Like they're, they're just like not a try. I mean, but they were just trying to, you know, like if you're given three colors and you're like, Hey man, make something different and new inside of this world. Like, you know, th- I mean, this is like the old college try. Like I, I don't besmirch <laughs> the, the, dis- the designer, but like if you started off and you came up with this, like you, this would be a bad. Well, a it's bad funny choice. because this is the Memphis Grizzlies actual color scheme. Right. It's true, but not so dark. And I, I bet the Nuggets wore these because at this point in time, they and the Hornets shared the exact same the exact same color scheme. Yeah, this, it's baby blue, bit. yellow, and 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 white. And so I'm sure that this is like an attempt to just sort of, uh, you know, give themselves a little separation. But yeah, these are bad. Uh, these 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 can go. Another thing. Uh, another thing back in the day just teams did not have the creativity with their uniforms that they do right now yeah. like to your point eric like this is really the only other option they had to go with because you know the the, the dark blue was just uh, another color in, in their color scheme but now like denver just wheeled out a black uniform yeah. out of nowhere yeah. <laughs> you know yeah i don't know if this a color the- that's never been in their color scheme maybe going back to the denver rockets days but right. they just didn't have that creativity ability back yeah, then. I don't, I don't know if this was the association or the icon or uh, which one this was. Yeah, but, don't uh, think we yeah. branded them yet. <laughs> yeah. Which is maybe like a good yeah. thing. I think those <laughs> yeah. names are really dumb. I refuse to use those uh, in colloquial. You're right. You said the script was a, a clip art, though, and I totally see that. Like, it, it really does feel like a PowerPoint presentation from 1999. It's really hacky. And, and look at... Um, there is the S does not look like an S. The, and, and look, <laughs> are, you, are you looking at yeah, the S right I now? I am. Yeah, you're right. It looks like a screen, <laughs> like when you draw a play, and the, that's the screen. What is that? A screen. It's not yeah. even close. It looks like the Soviet Union, like hammer, <laughs> <laughs> hammer in the sickle, <laughs> hammer in the sickle. All right. Well, see, I guess we all see what we want to it's see. It's a <laughs> Uh, I love that. That's what Harrison wants to see. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why I thought of that. It does not look like an S at all. Yeah. Um, yeah. So these are not good. But you know what's funny is I put it out on Twitter, ask people how do they feel about them, and almost everybody loves them. And that just goes to show you, I mean, my followers are exclusively, not exclusively, but primarily Nuggets followers. And I do think, as with most of the case of things from this era, there's this was like such a everybody has such fond memories of this yeah. era. So it's a romanticized era in hindsight, yeah, as totally. it should have been, obviously. But yeah, yes, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I don't agree, and I, I mean, I don't disagree. But and the other thing is that um, there's a certain amount of novelty when you see something that you don't see all the time, and then you see oh, it again. Yeah. It's like it, there's something like so refreshing of seeing something different. And you're like, oh man, I love this. And then, but if you were presented with this all the time, you'd be like, this is a, a disaster. Like I don't ever want to. Look at this again can you tell me that we're not going to feel this way about the current nuggets like city and um i don't Rainbow believe skylines? well I, 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 I think i feel really strongly about
about the um, the Mile High City jerseys because they I, I don't know about the shorts, um, but the Mile High yeah, City jerseys yeah. are. Um, and this is what I always like preach is that they're so stripped down that there's not a lot of um, there's not a lot. Oh, of so the last. Well, they, they, they like the the. Um, the text surrounding it doesn't have outlines around it. I mean, it's, it's just very right. basic. Like the colors are are literally primary colors. They're yeah. uh, which is red, blue, and, and yellow, and done in such a way that it's just like a really classic design. Like this type of design is never goes out of style. It, it might not be the height of style anytime that it's you're, you're looking at it, but it's never bad, right? Mm. So th- there's something like about this that will maintain it and. Um, won't ever just sort of you you won't ever look back at this and, and just be like oh like what were we thinking mm. well moving on so the nuggets have this game and and it did create the weird color clash because first of all new orleans it's weird to think that in the last 11 years the hornets have had or new, the city of new orleans i should say has had chris paul anthony davis and now zion williamson huh. and even here nobody is at this game yeah like painfully <laughs> nobody lil wayne was at this game reggie bush and mark sanchez make appearances in this brand this uh, really shows you how different the world was my favorite there. part of this is these little time capsule moments to culture because it's true yeah. sanchez was a star coming out of college and oh, then yeah. they when they talk about the other series too like Talking about pre-LeBron Dwayne Wade and how he might win a series single-handedly. Maybe he needs to yeah. get help from Jermaine O'Neal. It's just like a fun little <laughs> throwback, you know? I do no love way. that. The, the, that is the greatest thing is just hearing people, especially like the experts, just like pontificate on right. sports takes yeah, that are just yeah. so deeply wrong. <laughs> <You're just> like, <laughs> and you just know they're wrong, obviously, because we have the benefit of being in the future. But uh, all the same, <laughs> it's just hilarious to, to listen to it. There, yeah. well, you also get this was also... I was going to say, this is also at the height of Lil Wayne's uh, powers in 2009. I remember he traveled to Denver for this series. Totally. Like he came to Denver for, uh, you know, game one, game two, and then game five. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. I mean, he was like the biggest rapper, biggest artist in the world at the time. He was the the biggest MC in the world at the time. Brandon, don't you remember how excited we all got when Pete Davidson was sitting courtside? I do. That was like last year. (laughs) I I made note of that. I went to a Knicks game and they had Broadway stars singing the national anthem. He was with Machine Gun Kelly. (laughs) Yeah, Machine Gun Kelly, and they had that bit where they pretended they were each other. That was good. Yeah. <laughs> so, yes, Little Wayne coming into town was a big deal. Absolutely. You guys, it almost reminds me because the Nuggets did have Nathaniel Rateliff, and that's just like, okay, New Orleans. Do you remember when Miami and San Antonio played, and the uh, the person that sung the announcements for San Antonio was the little guy in the mariachi costume, and then the person that <laughs> was like six years old? And then for Miami, they had the like girl that came out with like, crazy miami like very flashy look to her and it was just like oh my god we have competing you're gonna say pitbull no no it was like competing six-year-olds that they were trotting out that like fit the stereotype of each city it was very uncomfortable very uncomfortable for me I think maybe we should make that a thing where it's a six-year-old, a stereotypical six-year-old in every city. Well, so in Denver, it's just what a, would our, yeah, what, a stoner six-year-old? I don't know if that's... Yeah, what would our, I was just going to say, what would our six-year-old be? I feel like they would... Uh, this Our six-year-old, they'd, they'd like make him come out and do mutton busting or something. Yeah, yeah there you go. That's, that's probably... <laughs> no, he'd right. be like wearing Patagonia and like... <laughs> We're not, you're not playing at Boulder, Harrison. I feel like it's EDM, sadly. <laughs> that's I don't Denver too, man. It's just, it's so just a short DJ pause. 
Yeah. <laughs> pause the music. Sorry. Um, pa- pause the DJ. Um, so let's get into the game now. Oh, I was, I was bringing all that up to say it was an empty arena for um, the Pelicans. And the color, like you were saying, Eric, was such this bright yellow. And it kind of clashes with the Nuggets goal. Like all the color, the whole look of this game was like very disgusting. Very. Yes. It was an, it was an eyesore of a game. The Nuggets, though, did jump out to, I think, a 12-0 lead. Was it a 10-0 lead or 12 Either way. This was like a dominant beginning. I thought they called two timeouts, I believe. They called the first timeout. You know how everybody stands, but you can't sit till the film team scores. They had to call timeout, and everybody had to stand through the whole timeout. Come back, <laughs> miss the shot out of the timeout. They're still standing. Like, the, the, the crowd was probably standing for 10 real, real life minutes. Some, some kids just pulling down. on his dad's shirt, like, Dad. Yeah. yeah and, and everyone at home in New Orleans being like, Man, I'm so glad I did not go to this game. <laughs> yeah. It's so true. Um, there was a lot of talk about the NFL draft on the broadcast too. It was, it felt like every time they well, come back from it, break, it was, like, it was yeah. happening right. It was happening right after the game. I don't know if oh, you picked so up on then, that. Then views for this game. Classic Nuggets. Very, very classic <laughs> Nuggets. Well, yeah. Also yeah. because this, I think this game tipped off at something like noon local time in New Orleans. It was a ridiculously early tip. Oh, did you do research for yeah, this or do you just yeah, remember this? Like, come on. What's going on here? No, they, they said that on the broadcast. Oh, okay. Wow. Okay. Good. Attention yeah. to detail. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, but not, like, <laughs> after the way the first two games went and the first like four minutes of that game went like yeah i think we all were like okay this series is over we can talk about something else like the, you know who well, else i think felt the nuggets way? thought this series the yeah the nuggets <laughs> thought the series was over too yep <laughs> they totally took that's their exactly off the what gas. happened because <laughs> they were just like absolutely all right dominant. yeah we know we're way better than this team then denver didn't really try for the next two and a half quarters <laughs> and then all of a sudden the nuggets were like oh crap we're only down six with Two minutes to go, we could win this thing, and then they lost. It does feel like they. That's kind of how the whole game. It does feel like they didn't really realize it till like the four minute mark. Like, oh shit, we could win this. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, do you know who else uh, made helped uh, New Orleans storm back into this game? "Quote unquote playoff post." Playoff po- was that a real thing? <laughs> I had that. I had that in my notes. <laughs> did you have that? You know, that was what George Carl yeah. said in his interview. It was like, oh, oh, George Carl, by the way, having a horrible hair day. I don't yeah, know, I don't know, like somebody must have hit him in the head or something because his hair was sticking like straight up for the whole game. That was just him after happened. watching the second quarter. Just, oh yeah, he must have like rubbed his head. But um, no, he said a uh, playoff posy, which is definitely not, not a thing. thing. <laughs> it was a thing for like four minutes in this game, and then and they just ran with it. Playoff Posey had 10 points in the first quarter, and just the threat. This is how few shooters there were in the league back then. Just the threat of James Posey from three totally changed <laughs> the entire dynamic of what New Orleans was doing here. That's awesome. The threat the threat of the three is actually hilarious in this whole series because there's like three or four players that people actually – even Chauncey, like so many times they go under the screen or something on Chauncey, and it's just like, what are you guys doing? It's crazy. <laughs> why, why are you guys doing this? There's it's also insane. like New Orleans' only offense is like Chris Paul does something dope or Rizul Butler's yeah. wide open from three. It's like, dude, cover yeah. the the only corner shooter on the floor. <laughs> like, <laughs> And De- Denver was throwing out lineups with Mello, Chauncey, and then three non-shooters like Kmart, yeah. Birdman, Dude. and uh, Anthony Carter. And New Orleans would just double uh, Mello in the post, yes. and he'd be kicking it out to like Anthony Carter, who's already only standing at eighteen <laughs> there, feet there was a pos- on the opposite. There was lane. a possession with like three minutes left. That exact thing, same thing happened. He turns to pass, and it's Kmart. And you could just like, as he's passing it, you can see he's like, ah, shit. 
Like, how do we not figure this stuff out? It's, it's impossible to watch these games through today's lenses, but how do we not figure this stuff out? I know, out I know. It's, Isn't that so like, weird when you watch so many possessions just wind up in Kenyon Martin's hand at 17 feet? And you're like, well, I guess there's nothing to do but shoot this terrible shot. How you know what's funny? The, the funny thing is, though, is that um, the final point total was not that far off of what it is for the modern game. I mean, like, yeah. oftentimes, so it's funny, like, spacing or whatever, like, somehow the game, like, remains the same, like... People yeah. score at the same clip. Ninety, I don't know, ninety six to ninety three. What was this? Game? It was a little, it was a little low, but like playoff basketball is oftentimes like pretty low scoring. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I, I do think though, it's just I, it's weird watching it, and this is, this is classic Adam here. But I do feel like <laughs> the, just the idea of efficiency wasn't a part of the game because there's so many shots that it's like. There's no thought put into why you're going to take the sweeping hook from the baseline when it's like, that's clearly a terrible shot, but that's what you were working towards the whole time. And, and nobody cares. And now, Everybody's just like, yeah. And now that's why it's like, I'm glad I rewatched this because whenever someone's like, oh, they shoot too many threes, like in the day, you're like, ah, shut up, dude. Like, it, of course, it's smarter <laughs> yeah. to shoot. Like, it's smarter to And be also, the shots, the shots that are now threes, it's not like they're taking out a bunch of the, like, you know, fluid, good, the good shots. They're taking away the yes, 17 exactly. foot Kenyon Martin exactly. fadeaways. That it's like, yeah, those are the ones. We all Google like, like our like favorite post players highlights, but that's not what 80% <laughs> of the game looked like. It is really funny. Like the, the, the concept of like, in this day and age, the Warriors were so incredible at shooting threes that everybody feels like they have to shoot threes all the time. And like, it makes a lot of sense for teams with really good shooters. And in this era, everybody shot mid ranges, but it only makes sense if you have like, Oh yeah. Mellow or people or Kawhi or Michael Jordan or whatever, like people that are just like, can just make every mid range shot. But it's funny just how every sport works this way. How if one team finds success, everybody emulates exactly what they do. And then it's not necessarily suited for their players. Yeah. Yeah, It's pretty well. Harrison. JR, JR took a, I was just going to say before we hit a break, JR took a bunch of threes in this game. Yes. He He was four, (laughs) nine from three. The entire team was nine of 21. So JR pretty much had half of the nuggets makes from three. What is it? That's 45%, right? When four, nine, 45% much. Sounds right. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, Don't make us do that. 43, 43 to be exact. But but what I was going to say is every time JR shot a three in this game, the announcers talked about it like it was a joke. Like, oh, here's JR chucking up another three. Just can't stop. <laughs> it's so true. Yeah. He was this novel concept, whereas like now Davis Burton shoots nine times a game. You're like, that's probably that's Man. good. Yeah, they, e- even the wide open ones, threes were so foreign that even the wide open ones, they were like, oh, here's JR jacking <laughs> it up. Oh, I know there was a, there was a real good one. There was a real good one where they swung it around the arc, and I can't remember like Tapasia or something. And he misses, and they're like, you know what, though? I'm okay with that shot. <laughs> this, I gotta say that the announcers were like pretty anti Nugget in this game. They like they were like oh. really like all about. They were like, man, the Nuggets can't do this. They, they I, I've seen this team fail every year. What are they doing? Was. Like, like they like they. The a Nuggets lot of people to them are were saying like just, this two seed isn't a real two seed. It's just yeah, like yeah, I, I think he said he was bad. Was the last time last night was the first time in my life I've seen the Nuggets play defense. And you're like, right. oh, that seems like a bit much. <laughs> like, Absolutely nothing changes. Arguably the greatest Nuggets team in the 55 years of Nuggets basketball. Yeah, they're like, they're probably not a real team. (laughs) They try. It's like, jeez, man. Well, they had this stat at the uh, beginning of the broadcast, too, that Denver's last playoff series win was in 1994. 
That was over George Carl Sonics too. Oh shit! Oh, there God. you go. Shout out to <laughs> so from 1994 to 2009. It's funny that you brought that up because I thought that was like common knowledge. <laughs> that one, because yeah, 94 to 2004 was misery for the Nuggets. Well, I, that was I like know. The I mean, it worst. was just a long time. Just jarring. Like, to it's just, that's just a long yeah. time. And then the, the next five years were just first round blowouts after blowout after blowout. After blowout. <laughs> Why do we like this team? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Why do we? Yeah, what is the point? Uh, Harrison, take us to break, man. We need a break. Yeah, we need a break. We to need a hot peak a... IPA after Ooh, a that game too. Hot pink IPA. Yes. Yeah, the hot pink IPA. All right. There are people out there that think it's a you... lemonade drink for sure. They do not know the joke. Actually, you know what, Breck? Yeah. You know what? Let's let's make Get this. back to me. <laughs> we have enough pool at Breck to make a hot pink. Absolutely nope, not. But we're going to try. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you guys can still get a Breck brew delivered through the Drizzly app, which is pretty much the Grubhub from beer. Uh, for beer and liquor, I feel like those guys got a lot of action today when there were no alcohol alcohol stores open in Denver for a span of three hours. No, well, they were open. They just were filled by the entire population oh, yeah. of Denver. Yeah. Yes. Right. Like for three hours when there was supposedly not going to be any of those open uh, in the coming days. But also you can call up the uh, Breck Brew Farmhouse, 303-803-1380. And order takeout food and beer. They'll even bring it to your car. Mm. So cool offering from Breck Brew. Mm. They have good food. Also, too. guys, Great food. They're, they're food. Yeah, yeah they this is actually so fantastic. Good. If you're like craving something you've never actually ordered, you know, from Breck, you want something new, do that one. I'm telling you, the farmhouse is fantastic. Delicious. Yeah, also, guys, Bojo's. I saw on Twitter Bojo's it has like expanded their delivery. So I think they're delivering to more of Denver now. In uh, the times that we're in, and they're also offering thirty percent off takeout when you ask for it. (laughs) Yeah, the The days of our lives, the times that we're in. All right, you have to finish. The rest of this read has to be as dramatic as that. Just use nothing but dramatic (laughs) phrases for bojos. Uh, They have gluten-free, cheeseless pizza, and plant-based options. A (laughs) tremendous salad bar. Yeah, I don't really know. Uh, I don't it's really like, know I'm not Katie Nolan, bro. <laughs> and, of course, offering 30% off takeout when you ask for it. So hit up Bojo's. All right, back into this game. So Nuggets end up struggling. They, they go cold. Nobody's playing well. And you know who I think I think we should talk about right now? And I'm going to become a hater. I'm putting my hater's hat on. You guys ready oh, for this? Boy. Oh, boy. I'm pretty proud Carmelo's first three games of this series are incredibly underwhelming. Incredibly underwhelming. To this point, it has me thinking that I know he has some games coming up, and I know he's great in the the Dallas and and in LA. He has some some real, real exciting moments. But I just want to say this. Melo was a nugget. He went to the playoffs for seven years, and he won two playoff series. And in one of them, he was not that great. One of the two wins. (laughs) Against a bad team that shouldn't have been able to guard him. And they're terrible. Like, this Hornets team is probably the worst team the Nuggets have played in the playoffs in 25 years. 
Um, so it is kind of it is a little. I'm not trying to get like too hot here. I'll actually, yeah, I am. I'm gonna get really spicy. <laughs> Who cares? In in these times, <laughs> in these times, <laughs> these times, in times that, like, that we're in. That's the name of the pod for sure. Not laughing at all. <laughs> <laughs> He's just completely serious. Like, you know what? So sick of you this. You know what though? You know what though? And I'm I'm a little dismayed that you didn't mention this. Pretty good hair day from Harrison. Uh, wow! Look at that. I, I don't know. I like it. I, I think it's looking pretty nice. Harrison, I give credit when it's due, and I, I appreciate and you, D-Line. Thank, thank you very much, D-Line. I, you're my man. Thank you. I hope you find your validation you're my outside of too. these Zoom chats, Harrison. Speaking of, <laughs> speaking of which, man, like, well, the, you're the, you guys are the only three people I've seen today. <laughs> <laughs> hair, like, I'm my wife. I told my wife she's gonna have to cut my hair sometime this week. She's, she's really freaking out about it. <clears throat> but it's true, man. Being locked up, you get how you get haircuts like every two or three weeks. I oh, need yeah, like every let every three weeks. Let it grow, yeah. dude. Every three what, weeks. What do you? You need to emerge from your whole like a whole a completely different person. Everyone needs to look around, have like long the... bushy hair. I, I'm full. Can we make I'm, a challenge? My beard oh, I'm not. It doesn't get any bigger yeah, yeah. than this. But you're not supposed to though. Yeah, I think it's I'm growing my hair. Oh, no, I'm absolutely. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm I'm growing a full quarantine beard. Like we're gonna see as long as this thing can get. Hey, while we're on, well, the I saw top. on Twitter today, TJ McBride shaved his beard. He did. That was out of boredom, though. That's how the quarantine's going for TJ. Texted me. He sent me that picture. I said, first of all, don't ever send me pictures like that again. Just starts shaving off parts of his body hair. He should get the uh go the for it. Go for it. Yes. it Brought it home. One time there was a knock on my door and I opened it and it was TJ and he had just shaved and I literally didn't know who it was. <laughs> yeah, can I help you? I was like, that feels like who's this? Doesn't that feel like the guy looks like a criminal? feel like the scene from uh, Royal Tenenbaums though? Adam, don't, don't you feel a little nervous for TJ as he comes home off of the off the cruise? He's, Ooh, the, he's the bomber. Yeah. Oh god, dude, that was Shaves really his, dark. Yeah, that's wow. what I mean. Like, I, we, we gotta. I'm just saying, we gotta let's check it on TJ after this is over. Okay. <laughs> wow. Um, back to anyway. Uh, <laughs> what, what can I? How can I cheer people up? Oh yeah, Carmelo was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about the no, missed right, game here's, winner. Here's, here's the hot take. Yeah, we'll get to the game winner next. But the hot take: Who was better through three games of the playoffs, Jamal Murray or Carmelo Anthony, 2009? Oh, I have to look up how it, what the exact fluctuation of games one through three were. I don't exactly. Yeah, how did what Murray was, was, was game three? Games one and three. <laughs> Right, and, and then game two, he had the fourth, the fourth quarter. quarter. Yeah, uh, Mel it, has it's not, tough Mel has not because um, in either direction. Yeah, he's not. Who had more responsibility in these in uh, maybe their I respective? Think, I think it might be Jamal, that, dude. And this is the thing that I think is so crazy about it is that what has made Melo not good is that he's not really making his shots. You know, so far in the series through three games, and it's like when he doesn't do that, he doesn't really do anything else. He didn't. He's not. Locking it. In fact, Peja's kind of dribbling around him a little more than you would like. Like he can't stay in front of Peja for some reason. And then he's not really. He had five assists tonight, and that was like super noteworthy tonight in the game three. And that was like super noteworthy. But like, this is not contributing. It's really, really kind of surprising. I, I, I did not think he struggled this much through three games. I thought he got to his spots and kind of generally got the shots that he wanted, but uh, they just didn't go in. And Peja gave him way too much trouble, like way more trouble than he should have on the defensive end. Uh, somehow, like Peja was locking him up on some possessions. Yeah, um, he gets yeah a couple it was steals. super underwhelming. What I've been surprised yeah. by, and like I guess this is uh, maybe easy to say because Chauncey was so good in games one and two, but I guess to Adam's point was like, 
um, the lack, like how unimportant Melo was to a Nuggets win. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like they could. He kind of just is the other guys. It's like mm. him and Kenyon, and they like they all kind of just do their role. Like, and uh, Melo exactly. was scoring, and he didn't do it. Like that outside role. of those final four minutes in Game Three, I wasn't really looking at this series. Like you know what they need right now is Melo. You know what I mean? So I, I was right, surprised yeah. by that. Yeah, somebody on Twitter was like. As the the game was was ticking down to its final moments, he was like, "All right, so is Melo going to take this game over like Jokic would?" And I was, "Oh like, yeah, oh, so, yeah, yeah. I, yeah." He didn't really take it. I mean, he he was the most important player down the stretch. He got the steal. He yeah, he had also kind of in his hand, kind of blew, blew that it. shot, man. He kind of blew that but, possession. Uh, but if you want to, but if you want to talk about like uh, current day Nuggets versus old Nuggets, like. Jokic definitely in that position, like definitely comes up. Like he definitely delivers where, where Melo did not. I think oftentimes these player comparisons are the death of joy. But like watching the series, it just is. It is funny how we categorize things because like you know people will say playoffs are the only thing that matters. Show it to me in the playoffs, this or that, and it's like man, one of the two series that you won in your t- entire tenure here, and you're just like another guy. If you weren't in there, it'd have been like, huh. It, Probably all the exact same outcome. Right, we or, we could have we could have slid uh, playoff Posey in there. Could have slid playoff Posey in there. Back playoff Posey outplayed him for most of the At the same time, though, at the same time, I rewatch this and think, okay, this wasn't a team like tailor made for Melo at all. It was a good basketball team, but at, like if you're trying to construct the team that gets the most out of Carmelo, in hindsight, like. Maybe you prefer like a stretch for as opposed to a, a you know defensive. That didn't stud. exist though, man. The thing is, is I agree. Right, with you, right. But of course, it yeah, also yeah. just didn't exist. Sure, like, that wasn't even a thought. There's a game in the. There's a really interesting game coming up in the next round of the playoffs that I, I'm really excited because there's a game where all of the bigs for Denver foul out, and and, and I just want they have I, to go I, small for a little. I just yeah. want to tease it. Okay. Yeah, I just want to tease right. it because it's kind of interesting. But um, no, it just wasn't a thing. Right, so, right. Um, but you know what's inter- what I think is interesting is. I think people always confuse scoring with value, right? Like, because scoring is, scoring is the most important part of the game. But Melo's job role on this team was pretty much a scorer. Like that was it wasn't everything else was like you know rebound a little, pass a little, do this a little. A little. But for the most part, you're a scorer, and I think that's that's what this Nuggets team needed from him was just go out there and get these points. But even in this series, they didn't actually need that from him that much. So that's that's part of what's so crazy. Whereas nowadays your lead player does everything your Westbrook your Harden your LeBron your Jokic all those guys they they lead your team in rebounds points assists they run the show they do all of that so it, it's it's a real con- contrast in my opinion. yeah yeah at a certain point also in the in the uh, DNVR watches stream on Twitter which uh, if you guys aren't following along with the the hashtag and just seeing like That's all so the comments fun. come it's so much fun uh, but somebody and it's hilarious people have really hilarious uh, <clears throat> observations but somebody was like oh wow five assists for Carmelo is that a is that a career high? Like, <laughs> is that the end? That's unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, would you? Wild. It's easy to ask in hindsight because Melo missed the shot. Um, but just given everything you know and remember, like, should that ball have gone to Chauncey there, or is that just like a? Well, I think it was. I think the play was trying to go to Chauncey. Right. Right. And if if you watch, CP3 did an amazing job of denying Chauncey on the perimeter. Jr. probably could have got the ball to him but didn't try to because CP3 was really pressuring up on Chauncey and then went to Melo's side. So I think the play was actually drawn up for Chauncey. Yeah, I don't know. Um, Whatever it was, Melo certainly got sped up like he was playing. So Nuggets get down 10. Um, New Orleans turns back into a pumpkin in the final. Like, <laughs> they really they do. They away. really they do. They should have put this game away. They fumbled it completely away. JR hits a big shot. There's some big shots made. 
I think Melo gets one. And then it's it's within striking distance. They get a steal on an inbound play, nonetheless. We never talk about the mm. inbound plays that went the Nuggets way. <laughs> That's what gets a little <laughs> foreshadowing. But they get a steal. So they get a chance to win the game. There's like, how many seconds left? 13? I mean, there's enough. 20, maybe 20. There's enough time for them 17, to actually... There's 17 seconds. They have the ball with 17, 17 seconds. Okay. But it's enough time for them to do basically whatever they want. Whatever and they want, yeah. They inbound the ball, and I just felt like... Mello was playing at about 1.8 speed, you know, like he was just, he was going a little, almost not quite twice as fast as he should have been, but a little bit and yeah. almost dribbles off, then throws the ball to Kenyon Martin, who's about two feet away from him. It bounces off of a defender and comes right back to him and he shoots a, a turnaround jumper. As if where there was no when time. He shot yeah. It, yeah. As if there was no time. Cause when he shot it, you almost looked like, yeah. Oh God, you better get it off. And it's like, no, there's 12 there's seconds. There's like six seconds left. Clock. I think. Yeah. <laughs> Six seconds. So just a weird, it was a really, really weird final play. The fun, the best part about watching these is that I was still convinced we were going to win the game. Like, <laughs> like I was still able to convince myself. I'm like, yeah, we got that steal. Like we're definitely going to win this game. Definitely going to win this game. And then I was like, I, I just I'll allow myself to completely suspend belief. Like, you know, it's fun. It, it's just so much, so much fun. I think, the what if, I mean, obviously, if you win game three and you go up 3-0, I think you win game four, no question. I mean, it just almost always happens that way. Um, but what happens in game four, I don't want to say, is kind of special. It's maybe the most positively memorable moment of this entire playoff run. And for part of me, it kind of thinks like, oh, I'm glad they lost because they come out extra focused in game four. And, it, and it's, a, it's an interesting one. Do you think the Nuggets at all were thinking, man, let's just win this on our home court. Like, let's no. not expend too much energy here in game three. It is really funny, though, like as um, the, the quarter was ticking down and the announcers were saying like, well, the Nuggets are clearly checked out. They're laughing. You know, like they 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 sort of they have were. accepted defeat. Right. Like they weren't playing that hard. And all of a sudden they found themselves with the ball in their hand, the ability to win the game. And they were like, oh, man, um, they like, weren't ready for it. This oh yeah, that's what I said at the top of the show. They got off to a big lead. They were saying, "Okay, like we're obviously going to win this series. We're way better than this team." Took their foot off the gas and then just kind of tripped over backwards into a close game at the end. And they were like, "Oh, crow shit, we can win this." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you guys want to know? Here's my take. I th- I think this 2009 team is like the spiritual opposite of the 2020 Nuggets in almost every single way, and that's what's part of fa- kind of fascinating. Like, there's no one roadmap to success in basketball. You can be great a bunch of different ways, and they just shared so few qualities, and that's what's so interesting. They had a pure point guard, you know. They that they, they traditional roles, traditional style. They were tough, but they weren't all that smart. They were pretty selfish. And then this current iteration of the Nuggets, extremely unselfish, high IQ, very skilled. It's just it's it's funny, man. In both ways, good and bad. All right, good chat. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I agree. I think uh, I think that's a good comparison. No, really. Uh, anything else on this game? On. So Nuggets drop it. They also we should also mention that Melo gets a, a half court heave off. Um, Dude, inches that almost goes inches in. away. <laughs> and, the, and the best part about this half court heave is that it is as accurate as every half court heave that's been layer, levied on this podcast. <laughs> Ooh, I like it. <laughs> there I like been it. I don't think there's been any accurate half court heaves uh, that have been. RAP half court heave, which got off the ground in two weeks, only to be grounded immediately by a global pandemic. 
<laughs> yeah, who had that half court heave? <laughs> I have a half court heave. That half court heaves will fly again. Oh, I love it. Might be a while. Oh, wow. Yeah. Hopefully, the, the half court heave started out as just an ultimate jinx of every Denver Nugget yeah, on the new, roster and turned into rule. just an ultimate jinx on the sport. And the yeah, don't mention Michael Porter Jr. ever again. That's Michael Porter's going to play thirty minutes a game. Malone ships him to China. They're like, what the hell? Michael Dude. Malone will start. Yeah, yeah, that was amazing. Every half court heave that involved Michael Porter Jr. The next game, the next game, he was a DNP. It went even CD. worse. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Take us to our final yeah. break, Harrison. We get back on the other side. We'll pick the best. We'll pick the best team possible out of both of these rosters. Yeah, guys, we know snow is still here around Denver and Colorado, and Denver Rubber Company is your one-stop shop for anything that has to do with snow plows. If you're trying to fit your truck with a snow plow, their blades can be cut to any length and slotted to meet your exact specifications. Call them today for any snow plow needs, custom gaskets, hoses, etc. 1-800-259-0010 or visit them at drcfirst.com backslash DNVR and tell them who sent you. The uh, only the other thing I had on the game was that Chauncey Bilps flagrant. I just love that flagrant that he had. And then he uh, kind of gave Rasul Butler a little love tap when he got up like, hey, man, get up. Get up already, right? <laughs> Chris Paul, I love that. Chris Paul also yells at uh, Tyson Chandler fouls out at the end of this game, and he picks up his sixth foul. And Chris Paul kind of bites his tongue for a second, but then he's like, no. And then yells at him anyway. <laughs> Like, yells at him for fouling out. Yeah. Dude, he's the best. No, he yells at he yells at him yeah. for whatever rotation sure. he missed that caused him sure. to foul. It was like, why are you yell- he's out of the game he, now. He is the best matter. worst teammate of all time. <laughs> he, he, really he also kind of want- Also uh last thing for me, Byron Scott's big adjustment this game, Sean Marks played 26 minutes and was a plus 18. Man, Team Sean Marks, plus 18. president of basketball operations for the Denver Nuggets or for the Brooklyn Nets and he blocks yeah. is it Kenyon or Nene that he blocked in that first quarter like didn't he dunk like, on rejects. someone? And then he dunked on JR like almost back-to-back plays and you're thinking my goodness, <laughs> the goofiest New Zealander the Thomas Welsh of 2009, just t- <laughs> taking it to. One, one more shout out: Chris Paul almost getting in a fight with Chris with Chris Birdman Anderson and giving us the best, most incredulous, confused look of all time. <laughs> so all right, classic Chris those Paul. Guys, Chris those Paul guys Paul were teammates. They were teammates like two years prior. That's right. That's, so I wonder if there's like a weird beef between them. Who knows? It kind of almost felt like probably. That. I feel like every, every ex teammate has a beef with Chris Paul. It's <laughs> really true. I like LeBron is like, yeah, one day we're gonna play. Or Chris Paul's like, one day we're gonna play together. And LeBron has ensured it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna be great there in Oklahoma City, Chris. Good luck, buddy. Uh, Harrison. Oh, we already did. Did we do our last read? Yeah. Yeah, we did. DRC, maybe. Denver Rubber Company, oh, bro. There it was. Yeah, you're right. Um, all right, let's get into this, guys. If we were building. The best team combining both of them. To me, there are if we're just talking starters, and we'll start with the, like a. And again, we're not picking the five best players. We're trying to make an actual sure. team. Like a, a, this has to actually make sense. To me, there's only two, I guess three, absolutely no brainers. Ooh, three on the roster. Okay. Yeah. Well, Jokic is a no brainer. <laughs> I think Carmelo's Carmelo's a no brainer, and I think Chauncey's a no brainer. I think I kind of forgot about Carmelo on the team. 
<laughs> he's not great in this game, I, at least three games, but he really is I believe not you. that bad. I believe he's you. better. <laughs> so Mello, Mello, it turns out, was a brainer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a but brainer. He's in there. But you know what? But here's the thing is, Carmelo, especially if we're talking about playing in 2020, I think Carmelo's the power forward. I know. Yeah. I think about that, too. Um, Can we slot CP3 and Chauncey in the backcourt together? You're including- What's CP3 doing? What are we talking about, man? We're not including oh, we're the not Hornets. doing combined. Never. I thought we were doing combined. Never mind. <laughs> wow. I, I, I guess we're the, trying to combine the nuggets. I gave that paying attention to detail shout out a little too eagerly. <laughs> <laughs> um, is there anybody that wants to argue any of those guys? I mean, is it possible Melo comes off the bench as a super six man? Now? Michael Porter right? Jr., no. but we haven't seen it yet. Man, so so who, who plays the two? It's a really, really interesting. I have a take. Somebody I'd like to see. I have a take. Oh, my God. At the two, I'd like to see Jamal Murray. Yeah, that's. Oh, I don't think that's a take. I think that's a very safe bet. In fact, I think every, I think almost everybody would have that. And, and I think it would be Chauncey's the one on offense and the two on defense. I think that's probably how You've underestimated yeah. my William Barton the third bias. I, oh. oh. I think I don't mind him at the two. Oh, oh, I think we'd vote that down. <laughs> Try right, my team will just beat your team in seven games. What I'll do is I'll play Derek White. Also, good luck with your Jamal Murray. Pick. Oh. Sorry, just kidding. So not even just Derek White. There's the handful, <laughs> or the Clippers, or the Lakers. Ish Smith. <laughs> oh God, uh, it's Ish Smith. We are haters. So wait, so who are our options at the three? We've got uh... so so we got Jamal. I mean, we are all other than Brendan who. Look, there are other players. I no, think, it should be Jamal. I think it's safe to it's say Jamal. it's a Jamal. Yeah. So now we just have the three slash four. We'll leave it open because we could slide Mello over if we have to. The three slash four. Your options are basically Will Barton. You know, maybe Gary Harris if you wanted to get crazy. J.R. Smith. Um, Jeremy Grant. I, Jeremy I, Grant, I, I guess, could maybe play that role. It's Mello at the three, man. And then I think it's uh, I think it's Dad at the four. Dad still. Dude, Man. Dad's shooting the three at an outrageous clip right now. You're, that's you're right. Yeah. That's a great point. That's I think a you're good right. point. I think you're, you've sold me. Look what at you. Also, I should probably say his name. It's Paul Millsap, for those of yeah, you at home who are not sure what we're talking about. <laughs> Mr. Bo. <Bones, yeah. laughs> <laughs> no, uh, so Paul, I think you're right. I think that's the squad. It's not the most modern squad. Although, you know, Chauncey. The mod three squad. Po- great three-point shooter, great foul drawer, great point. I mean, this that's you. Jamal Murray, obviously, great three-point shooter. Millsap. Carmelo, not a great three-point shooter, but you still respect his three-point shot. You know, so you actually do have plenty of shooting on this. I think that is the right answer. That's that's the right start. Hey, thanks, okay. man. So let's go to the bench now. This is tough. Who's your so, backup? Yeah, uh, like what, backup, backup center has got to be Chris Baird Ben Anderson, right? Well, you still have Kenyon. So is Kenyon your power forward? Yeah, he's the power forward. Or what about Nene? Actually, no, Nene's your backup center. You think so? I would much. Oh, there's no doubt about I it. I would much rather have Chris Birdman Anderson. It's way more fun. Yeah, that's yeah. that's what the pick's about for me. Bird, Birdman's like, okay, that's fair. It's, it's definitely cool. Nene, guys. Yeah, it's it's Nene fouled out with two uh, points in game three. Yeah. Well, he did that a lot, too. You know, <laughs> the thing with Nene, too, that's the most frustrating is he would make, he and he did it in this game where he'd make a great, like, spin move and then miss the wide open, easy layup. <laughs> like, he did that an awful lot. <laughs> Uh, I might just rather have Kmart at back of five, though. Yeah, that's my, might be a good pick. There's not a lot of like stretchy options when, in 2009. Like, so if K- like if I just need somebody to guard, if we're talking about in 2009, a Sean Marks, 
or even some of the backup centers. As we today. often do. I think I think we have to find ourselves in that situation. I think I think Kmart would be a uh, fine backup five. Kmart backup five so, is 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 fun. Do you put Grant next to him or is it I know, this is interesting. You have Grant, Plumley, Kmart, and Nene. And you basically are gonna pick two of those? I think you want Grant. I think you go Grant. Yeah, I think you do too. Grant, Kmart. I think yep. I think it is Grant and Kmart. Because we're talking about versatility and that that's pretty Also, those are just man. the two best players of that group too. You know? Yeah, it's true. Dang it, we lost Birdman. He's not gonna play. That's too that's too bad. Well how come we don't have a traditional five is our five? We have two. Well, two Jokic, not, Jokic is. No, I mean, but on the on the bench, we don't have a traditional. Yeah, five man, but the backup five. I mean, do you need a traditional? So five here's though? a dumb. Here's a dumb question that'll ruin. Who the are game. you, the Nuggets front? Are, are we playing? <laughs> is this is this team playing in 2009 or in 2020? Two, 2020. Yeah. It's got to be 2020. So then I think we want Grant and Kmart for sure. I want Birdman so bad on this squad. I, I know he's I, not I, going though. Why? You can just make him our backup point guard. Why not? He was, but he was he was more than just fun. Like he brought like real energy and real life to the bench. Birdman like, was like a WWE wrestler. Yeah, in this series, he really man. was. Absolutely, he was the, a his entire yes. career, bro. But he, I mean, but he was like he had legit playing ability. Also, it wasn't it wasn't just pure skill. I mean, did you guys see show. that mid range jumper? Yeah, he made in the first I, we gotta yes, rehash that. Argument. Anybody catch yeah. that? Guys, the I, form I think we on have that, to do it, beautiful. though. I think we have to... Actually, he's the third guy, you know? And there's he's an injuries. NBA champion. There's always a, he has a rig. He does we got to ax him like we're security at Candlelight. There's a fun story. <laughs> Ask around. <laughs> um, okay, well, now we have one, two, and three backups. Definitely not Anthony Carter. I think we can <laughs> Out. I think we I think Monte Morris might make it as a backup point guard. He's a solid backup point guard. Maybe you could argue that you have Will Barton and Jamal Murray, so you don't actually need a third, so you just have Barton as your backup point guard spot. What are we thinking? I don't know. Like Will Barton when he was required to be the backup point guard, got himself into the most hot water with the Nuggets fan base. Yeah, but like that, that had more to do had. with them than him, man. I thought he was pretty good in that role. He was pretty good, but that that's where he like ran into problems where he was being accused of being selfish and a bog. Uh he definitely has the ability, but I don't think you can count on him to be the primary ball handler. I think I have it then. Uh, mm, go ahead, go ahead. Winner. Okay. I was going to say, yes, I would go Barton at the uh, backup kind of point guard combo guard. But who's your backup? And also you would play Jamal Murray with the bench a little too. I think I'm going to go with Monte at backup point guard. I'm going Monte all day, baby. I'm going with Will Barton and J.R. Smith as my final oh, my final players shit. for this, for two and three. They're both basically both twos. You just but... Did you just ax the garrison? G- Garris does not oh. make the squad. That, My team sucks on defense. <laughs> what, what, that's why if you go Barton one, you can sneak in Jr. and uh, uh, Gary. No Monte. Gary. He's so solid. He's so solid. Yeah, I would rather go Gary Barton Jr. Uh, with for my second unit <laughs> backcourt just for drunk. just for the length. Also, there's no point in putting Monte on the floor as 2009 J.R. Smith at the same time. Like, what's the point of that? Monte's like, hey, guys, let's slow it down and play offense. But are you But you know how amazing that would be to be able to have a traditional point guard, like, actually drive and kick 
to J.R. Smith, who's just hanging out at the three-point line all the time. You don't need anybody to drive the kick to J.R. <laughs> well, I know. Gonna get but I'm saying also himself. that weird example of a player that's better at bad shots than I good know. ones. So. But, I'm, but I'm saying, like, imagine actually trying to get J.R. Smith good shots. <laughs> that seems Jokic like a fool's errand. So LeBron tried to do that for, like, <laughs> so three consecutive finals. <laughs> all right, so we went with Barton. I guess having Murray really allows for this to happen. So you go with Barton... Uh, Harris and J.R. Smith. Yes. I like it. I dig it. It's a weird team. MPJ did not make the cut. We gotta get Gary in I, there, man. I know it's been a rough year, but... Monte yeah, and MPJ are the toughest cuts, I think, easily. Um, and then Nene, Birdman... Thomas you know, Welsh, guys. yeah, in some order. It's <laughs> He's not even on the right. <laughs> So this team that we have now agreed upon, who's the star of the team? Uh, Nikola Jokic. <laughs> hey. What do you say, Harrison? I'd say Jokic, yeah. It's Yo- it's Definitely. Jokic, but that's the beauty of Jokic being your star. There's room for a Mello, baby. There's room. I wonder if Mello fits on this team. Like, I, no. I kind of feel like he's the piece that just the, the you look at the like net ratings and stuff, and it's like the starters without Mello are actually way better. Yeah, like we, earlier when you were talking oh, about yeah, for sure earlier, Brandon, when you were talking about like what a team looks like that is tailor made for Mello. Like, I don't yeah. even know what that I don't know what that yeah, team I know, is. So I know true. what is that team? That's kind of the Mello problem, isn't it? Um, Absolutely, it's, it's the Knicks with Mello at the four. Yeah. I, I mean, that's probably like the most modern day version of a team with Mello that we've seen, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I will say, oh nine Chauncey and Yoke could mess around and, and make a finals appearance, man unbelievable duo that yeah. would be and then yeah. if you just gave the, some of those lineups if you went with lineups that had like murray jr Ugh. um maybe like jeremy grant or something you know it would be like an incredible even mellow at the four alongside it okay defensively you might be a little bit weak but your offense is going to be incredible if you can stick mellow in like a corner or something we've also successfully out. made the modern nuggets fun by adding jr oh, and kmart that's so true. Did you just? So true. Did we just bring back Birdman? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. If we were going for the funnest team, we would definitely have. Actually, let's do that. Just a quick starting five, most fun, the fun like mix of personality. You definitely have Jokic, Jr., Birdman, Kmart, Chauncey. Chauncey's gonna be fun. And uh, Ronaldo Of Bob. course, yeah, you gotta get Ronaldo. Bob. Shout out Ronaldo. Bob. And MPJ, MPJ, he's fun. Uh, <laughs> uh, anyway, that was fun, guys. Um, game four up next on deck, and I have a feeling it's gonna be a good. One. I have a feeling the Nuggets bounce back, guys. I don't want to spoil anything, but I have a feeling they. Take I'm, the game I'm unrealistically optimistic about a blowout. <laughs> I might even say their their best is yet to come. It might, it, might, it, might, it might show up on Wednesday. So if you guys are interested, come hang out. Wednesday's gonna be a party because that'll be a fun one. So hang out eight o'clock. We're gonna we're gonna start uh, start the rewatch. Use the hashtag DNVR Nuggets and. <laughs> Let's celebrate. No, um, use the hashtag DNVR watches. What did I say? Nuggets. Nuggets. You guys know you guys know that old hashtag. Uh, <laughs> Twitter, you're on Twitter, Reggie. You're on Twitter. There was a uh, there was a really funny Twitter little in-game read in game two that I forgot about it. But uh Reggie was like, tweet, retweet, at. Does anybody know what any of this means? <laughs> no. <laughs> it's so true. Uh, already uh anybody else have any notes before we get we jump just good times all right. man all right harrison take us home harrison take harrison. us home <laughs> take us home yeah, before we get out of here, if you guys schedule a cleaning, x-ray, and exam at Green Mountain Dental Group, they'll give you a free Sonicare toothbrush. Change your life. 
It will change your life. It will. Get rid of that crappy $2 toothbrush from King Supers that you got to replace every couple of weeks. Switch to the Sonicare. Green Mountain Dental located just 15 minutes from downtown Denver. Remember, get a cleaning, x-ray, and exam, and they will give you a free Sonicare toothbrush. I spray. hope we're on the verge of signing King Supers once, and they're like, yeah, that guy, though, with the reeds. <laughs> Our toothbrushes are okay. <laughs> I know. 